Hi, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of Opera After Dark. What is that? That's the um, the entreact. Two between two right. of the acts of Carmen. This is I thought you were going to start in with great. Me too. You curveballed it for everyone. I've been one upped over here. Right. That sounds sounds very fateful. Anyway, so obviously Carmen's got some tunes in it. Lots of tunes. Right. Sung all of them. I'm just kidding. There's so many more. <laughs> Today we are talking about Bizet's most popular opera because he did write more than one. I was gonna say it's not even close. It's by far his most popular <laughs> opera. By it's a shame. far his most popular. Because if you have not seen Pearl Fisher's, you should find it online or go to your local opera house that's doing it and watch it because it is hands down the most unintentionally hilarious thing that I've seen in a long, long time, and I love it <laughs> i think you are probably the biggest critic of pearl fishers that i know elspeth what i love it yeah but you love it for all the wrong reasons it's so stupid <laughs> I, right right it's i think it's purely because of you and I, I'm, I'm not upset about this but purely because of your opinions on pearl fishers when i tell <laughs> when i talk to people about like enjoying at least seeing the duet uh-huh. Then I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I know it's stupid opera. Like, I, I know, <laughs> I know. But I really enjoyed seeing it, okay? It is stupid. It's Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. say I didn't enjoy it. I enjoy it every time I've seen it, which is only when you twice. See it, but, when you yeah. see it with great singers, it's a nice experience. Look, the music. Still stupid. BZ knew he hit on a good thing with that duet. Right. Right. And he basically repeated it at nauseum throughout the rest of the opera yeah it's in there a lot um but it's a great duet you cannot yeah. deny it um but, but should we just jump in or do we need to save it it's not the subject of this episode we're talking about carmen we're talking oh about carmen. right right so <laughs> that we, has then eclipsed. we should listen to the duet just for fun no oh carmen uh, <laughs> wow i think a very interesting point in thinking about bizet is yes. that he just had these two operas right no. He tried a lot of things. He did try a lot of things. Basically okay. threw a bunch of shit at the wall. <laughs> yeah. The only the only operas of his that get performed at all are Pearl are Fishers and Carmen. Pearl yeah. Fishers and Carmen. Yeah. And even then Pearl Fishers is like lately having a resurgence, but until recently that wasn't even performed really. Like it was yes. mainly yes. just Carmen. And yet he's still one of the most often performed opera composers. Just because, because of Carmen. Because Carmen is performed all the damn time. All the damn time. And but there's a reason. It's funny. It's good. It's good. It's full of tunes. But it's funny because it was yeah, a Zania massive a tune. scandal and a massive flop when it first came <gasps> Why out. Why was it a scandal? Well, it was a scandal because... it's dirty. It's sexy. It was considered very dirty and too sexy. It was considered too like... Wow. Sexy, like dangerous for the public to see it because they might get ideas about being like sexually free and that kind of thing. Heavens. And not only... Not only was it scandalous because of this, 
Carmen, the role of Carmen, um, she was a very like sexually overt woman, um, but she was also a gypsy, which was considered at the time to be this like exotic thing that was very dangerous. Mm. And she smoked above all else. She was uh, a smoker or worked that, in a cigarette factory. That was so the worst thing. That was one of the very shocking things. Well, it was based on a novel, right? It was based on a novel by Prosper Merame. Was the novel scandalous when the novel came out? The novel was also scandalous. Okay. One of my friends is a professor of comp literature, and he taught a class comparing the novel to the opera. And he told me, I've never read the novel, but he's read it in both, like, original French and English translation. And he said it was, like, like complete trash. Like the trashiest, <laughs> the trashiest novel. Nice. And he said like it's a romance e- novel. Yeah, like a, like a trashy romance novel. And he said that the book was even trashier than you could ever imagine if you only saw the opera. So um, basically, it's it's like a book that the two of you would read at book club. Ooh, is that a low blow? We have we read, we don't read that trashy of novels in book club. <laughs> I just wanted to throw it in, but now I feel like I've given Elspeth the ultimate offense of all time. <laughs> can you feel the look on her face? Even I can. You can see it? Anyway. I can feel it. <laughs> so, Carmen, the opera. Oh, no. I've ruined the whole episode. <laughs> so Interesting. I'm surprised that smoking was such a scandal at that time. I guess just for women. Didn't everybody smoke? Or, it was because it was women Because of the woman. Oh, a woman. Oh, yeah. Well. And she, like, worked in a cigarette factory, and so this was all... Got it. Yeah. And so, yes, it was considered a flop and scandalous, but it also had a little bit of a little bit of success from Scandal, but the other important part of why it didn't really go over well with audiences was because in the first version of it, Bizet really followed what was considered a traditional format for the Opera Comique, which was where it made its premiere in Paris in 1875. And at that point, um, it had been common in the past that you had like big flashing musical numbers and arias and duets, but there wasn't a lot of spoken or there wasn't a lot of sung recitative. Usually there was mm-hmm. spoken dialogue in between uh-huh. the musical numbers. But around this time in 1875, the taste of the public was starting to change. And so um, people kind of viewed that element of it as being old fashioned because he had this spoken dialogue in between the numbers. Mm -hmm. And then sadly, Bizet died fairly soon after opening night. So he didn't really get to see the opera reach any kind of popularity. And he died thinking that it was a complete failure. And, oh, that's tragic. Yeah, considering how immensely popular it is today. Right. And a bunch of his friends kind of looked at the opera after his death, and they said, you know, this would probably work better if there was recitative instead of spoken dialogue. It would just flow better, and it would suit public taste better. And so his friends went in and wrote the recitative after his death, mm-hmm. and then mm. remounted a, like a new premiere of it, of a revised version, which totally kept the order and everything as he had planned it, but just added recitative instead of spoken dialogue. And was that I, immediately successful? And that, that was much more successful. Oh, okay. Yeah. And also by that time, um, people were kind of intrigued by it because the composer had died. So it was like, ooh, this like young right. death. And then also... 
they were intrigued because it had been so scandalous in its first version. So it's a little bit of a success from Scandal Story, Mm -hmm. where people were like, oh, it was so scandalous the first time. Obviously, we have to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, now people just like it because they like it. They like it because it's good. Because it's good. Because it's good, yes. And another reason why it was considered oh so shocking was because he did include a lot of music that was considered very exotic. And Mm. so people found that, some people felt that the reference to all of these very exotic dances was also kind of like sexually vulgar or suggestive. Yes. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Hey, what did Bizet die from? Oh, can we guess? You can, yeah, go go ahead and guess. I'm going to guess like heart failure. Complications from syphilis. <laughs> Please hold. Cut, Any more cut, <laughs> cut, cut himself. Cut himself while shaving with a dirty razor Ew. and had blood so, poisoning. That happened to someone. Who that happened to? Scriabin, right? I think oh, so. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I feel like I. It's so interesting because it's generally pretty widely known that Bizet died at a young age, but. I can't think of what it was that killed him. His super lush wow. beard suffocated him. <laughs> no. So, um, apparently, it, it, things really started to go downhill um, when he was experiencing high fever and pain. Um, he apparently had a bit of a heart attack. And mm. then he actually survived the first heart attack, they think. Um, and then had a second heart attack, which was the the main cause of his death. He was only 36 years old. Mm. He was actually... Oh, right. He was... I remember now. (laughs) So he had been sickly. He had suffered from this fever and pain and a little bit of chest pain. And so he had the first heart attack and survived it. Then he was on holidays thinking that some rest and relaxation would help him. He decided to go for a swim in the Seine. Mm -hmm. And basically he was so... I think, exhausted by the swim in the sun that it brought on another heart attack. Oh, my gosh. And he died apparently rather suddenly. Um, Even though he had experienced this illness, people didn't think it was that bad. Um, And because he died so suddenly, it fueled a lot of rumors. And so... Oh, he was, like, poisoned or... It was rumored that he committed suicide because because Carmen was a flop. Aww. Right, which is apparently, from what we know, not true. Um, but that, from everything we know, it was some kind of heart cardiac arrest or complications or heart problems. Um, but it really stunned the musical world, and people were completely in shock that he had died. And so it was something that really was out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Right, because he was. I mean, he was a pretty successful young composer he won the Prix de Rome right he did win Prix de Rome and he was successful with that but he kind of after that point he never really got right like a level of fame and security that you would think based on the current population of pop I can't speak based on the current popularity of Carmen I think you're thinking of Berlioz Mm -hmm. yeah sure okay Berlioz wrote won the Prix de Rome and then Wrote a bunch right. of other successful stuff. Right. Um, Almost but, killed someone. Yes. Yeah. Um, but 
Bizet had this habit of starting projects or he thought it would be a good idea and then he'd have a hard time finishing them. Mm. He never really achieved mm-hmm. like an out-of-the-gate success with one of his operas. They were okay. Pearl Fisher's was received okay, but it was not like an overnight sensation. So was Bizet mm-hmm. like a big fan of exoticism? Because Pearl Fisher's has a lot of like, quote-unquote, exotic music in it. Right. I think that exoticism was so fashionable at the time in Paris that it was something that Bizet felt like would cater to the tastes of the time. And, and it certainly was like Pearl Fisher's is set in like modern day Sri Lanka, right? Or Ceylon. Um, I thought it was Mm -hmm. India. No, it doesn't matter. No, it's supposed to be Sri Lanka. Yeah. Um, And then it doesn't matter. And in Carmen you have, this interesting sort of exoticism in that Bizet is a Frenchman writing a story that takes place in Spain, mm-hmm. but then even further removed, you have like this disconnect between the two cultures within Spain where you have like the um, gypsy culture, the gypsy culture pitted against like the, um, the prevailing like military institution, which is Don Jose. Right. Well, that was a pretty good introduction to our central characters. Of course, we have Carmen, yep. who yes. is a leading lady that is a mezzo, Elspeth. Yay! Yay! Because she's a slut. And then getting... Whoa, well, wow. no, that I, is I was about, to, well, I'm I was just about saying, to run right past that. Because but. she's like a a sexy character. She's not played right. by a soprano. It is true that a lot of the... Sexually like dangerous him. women in opera tend to be written as mezzo-sopranos. That, that is what I meant. I don't right. think... We can get into it in a second, but I personally think a lot of people say that Carmen is the villain of the piece, and I don't think that to be true, because Carmen never lies, never portrays herself as anything other than what she was, and it's because that asshole tenor decided to project his own ideas onto her that everything right. goes wrong in the first place. I mean, I ultimately... Agree. I don't see... I don't think that she's a, a villain at all. I know a lot of people who well, think that she is the, the villain of the piece. Spoiler alert, she is the victim, ultimately. I mean, is that really a spoiler? It's named after her, so of course she's <laughs> exactly. dead at the end of it. Right. A yeah. woman die in an opera? Crazy. Yes. Crazy. And, fun fact, I believe she's the first woman murdered on stage, the first female character murdered on stage in an opera. Dang. Really? I think so. That she had... She has that fact attached to her. Now, I keep trying to think of an opera character that was written before Carmen, so before uh, 1875. Gilda. Murdered on stage. Wasn't Gilda Lots of murdered? women get murdered, but off stage. The actual oh, G- murder happens on stage. Doesn't Gilda get stabbed on stage? No. no. Sparfuchile murders her off stage. She's in the bag. Oh, okay. No, the bag. Okay. You know, lots of bags in that production. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Put her in the bag. Put her in the murder bag. Put her in a body yeah. bag. Pretty much. Yeah. Or the yeah. trunk of a car, whatever. Okay, well, Carmen holds many distinctions, Yay. including first, first woman murdered on stage. In which the murder is written into the score and occurs on stage. Ah, fair oh, enough. Oh, all right. Okay. That is interesting. And Alluded to previously, our leading man is a tenor, not atypical. Right. His name is Don Jose. Don Jose. Don Jose. Not Don Jose. 
Not Don Jose. Not Don Jose. Don Jose. Jose. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you say Don Jose when you're talking about the opera, or people will think you're a noob. Speaking speaking from experience. (laughs) Learn from Kyle's mistakes, everyone. So we open up in España. Yes. The soldiers are gathered around mm-hmm. and they're broing it up. Right. Broing it's it up. midday. It's hot. Yes. And they're basically saying, let's go down and look at all the ladies coming out of the cigarette factory when the shift changes. Right. It's break time. Mm-hmm. Break time. And then I think there's a little moment where Michaela makes an appearance. She right. is the like childhood friend slash childhood love of Don Jose. Right. Right. And she's looking for him, and he's not there, and she'll come back later. And yes. so all the military guys go down to watch the ladies coming off their shift from the cigarette factory, and who comes out of the door, or the hole in the ground, however they... <laughs> right. They often stage it like they're coming out of, like, the abyss underneath like the, the mine. Like yeah, mine. like a mine. <laughs> cigarette mines. <laughs> <The> cigarette <laughs> mines. <laughs> the nicotine mines of yeah. Spain. <laughs> yes. Of 19th century Spain. And then they're like, ooh, it's Carmen. And all the guys start whistling. Right, because they all love Carmen. She's super popular. She's hot. Yes. She's a sexy lady. speaking of hot, that's when she sings her habanera. Right. And if you think you don't know it, you You know it. it. I think most famously sung um, in a really old episode, like a 1980s episode of Sesame Street, where the habanera is sung by an orange. Oh, that's right. With, like, mouth and eyes. But you all know it. It's famous. It's probably been in 18,000 car commercials. Car commercials. It's taken out of context and played in very strange contexts all the time. Like, yes. There was some weird, like, band camp movie I remember that came out where one of the girls is in the camp and she's like afraid to sing and then they end up getting her to sing by singing this aria and it's like well that's odd and odd <laughs> people what is words the, are important <laughs> yes what is the original context the original context is well the title translates to love is a rebellious bird uh-huh. mm. and carmen's basically saying that you learn like the the central thesis of the character yes right where she's kind of saying I will love who I want when I want. I'm not going to promise you that I'm going to love you. Exactly. Um, I'm going to do what I want. I'm an independent woman. Mm-hmm. Don't try me down, et cetera, so forth. In in that time that she's singing, everybody's like drooling over her. Yes. Like scandalized by her. Yes. And the right. whole, like the, the very famous melody line is this descending chromatic scale. It actually goes, hits every single note mm-hmm. of the scale. And it kind of winds downward, chromatic scale being like the smallest possible steps from one note to the other. And then she like goes back up and starts at the top and then slinks back down again. And mm-hmm. so there's also a lot written in musicology about how the chromatic language of Carmen is supposed to be this like exotic thing that hints at her dangerous sexual nature. Mm-hmm. Ooh, well, we have to listen Ooh. to that. Well, obviously. Rien n'est fait, mais 
Love is a rebellious bird. Cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one, no one can tame it. Yeah, that works. Fine. <laughs> well, I'm just reading this translation and like, it's kind of incomprehensible. Right, right, exactly. But, and she, she kind of says like, if you don't love me, that's all right. I love you. And if you love me, that's okay. That doesn't mean I have to love you back. Right. right. Mm. So. Which is right. She doesn't. She yes. doesn't care about your boner people. Yes. <laughs> Let the woman live her life. Yes. So after That's she, all she scandalizes saying. all of us, right. what yes. happens? So then Don Jose comes onto the scene and he's... Not into it. Not into it. And she kind of notices him and decides in that moment, like, that one, I want that one. Right. And then to kind of stake her claim on Don Jose, she takes like a, a rose... And she throws it at his feet. Right. Ooh. And when she does that, you hear the fate motive in the score. Which, which is wah, like... Wah, 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 wah. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. Ominous. Yes. Yes. Anyhow. That motive will come back. Many mm-hmm. times. Many times. The um, man knew how to write a tune. He did. So, Don Jose kind of, he picks up the flower, but he's not super into it. He's like, people, we got a job to do. Yeah. He's kind of ignoring her. She gets a little bit annoyed. They all start to go back into the factory, and then Mikaela comes onto the scene. Uh-huh. And she gives Don Jose a letter from his mother. Aww. And Mikaela kind of embodies everything that was like the good, noble, bourgeois ideal of the perfect wife. Right. And at this time Sweet and innocent and... Loving. She's she's a soprano. Yep. She's clearly (laughs) in love with him. Usually blonde. Yes. And... His mother loves her. Yes. And it's clear that, like, these two were sort of meant to be together. Their music sounds like it comes from the same romantic, lyrical... Western music world. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so she's talking to him about his mother, and Who's then... Who's sick, right? Something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Kind of like, your mother wants you to come home and visit. Right. And then... You're never cool. What happens? But a fight breaks out. Oh, no! Mm. Between some ladies dun, dun. in the cigarette factory. Dun. Fight, fight. Yes. And so then uh, another one of the officers comes out and he's basically like, that Carmen, she tried to attack somebody with a knife. And then Carmen's like, she started it. And it's like a big brawl. And they put her in handcuffs and they basically separate the women and lead Carmen off to be locked in a cell. Right. Till she cools down. Yes. And Zuninga's kind of like, Don Jose, deal with this woman. And so Don Jose is left alone with her. And and Carmen is real sassy. She, like, mocks the officer. Right. Um, she's clearly not listening to him. And then when she's left alone with Don Jose, she's like, I am going to get out of this by convincing him that right. it's his idea to let me go. Right. And then she sings mm-hmm. another hit She tune, knows what she's doing. The Seguadilla. The Seguadilla. And in this aria, which we'll listen to in a second, she basically is just like, hey, if you let me go, you know, way off of, um, the ramparts, 
I have got a friend named Liz Pastia who has a bar. We can hang out. We can live free. It's a great place. We'll we'll get drunk. You let me out and I'll meet you there. Well, you let me out, I'll meet you there. We'll have a great fun, free time. You'll enjoy it. What are you talking about? And Don Jose is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then two minutes later, he's like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, that, that takes on a yeah. whole different meaning. Well, a lot of times in production, she's like, has have has her arms either tied in front of her or behind her, and she sort of does like this seductive dance with her body, trying to get him to yes. like let her go, right, so they can right. run off together and live life free as you know gypsy bandits. <laughs> So of course it of works. Of course it works. Well, Don Jose is perhaps it's not the sharpest tool in the box because he's no, like, he's I'm not going to let you go, but I'll untie your hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he does that. And of course, this makes it possible for her to run away and escape laughing. Mm-hmm. And then Don Jose gets in trouble because they're like, look at you neglecting your duties, you derelict soldier, you. Right. So... That's how that ends. And act one. Curtain. Curtain. Act two. Two months have passed. Two months. It Where is Carmen? Two months to find her. Carmen's no, I think he was bar. in trouble, so he couldn't oh, right, come. He, was, right, he right. was punished or something. He was she, grounded. Right. He, was, he was grounded. I'm pretty sure he was court-martialed. Like, he's in jail, more or less. Oh, right, yeah. right, 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 right. right. Something like that. Yeah. So she's out in the country at her friend's bar. Yes. Les Pastia. Les Pastias. And she's with her friends, Frasquita and Mercedes. Her gypsy friends. Yes. And they are entertaining the officers, including Zuninga, the guy who broke up the fight in the first act. Mm-hmm. And this is when you mm-hmm. get this huge number. Um, they often just refer to it in kind of common parlance as like the gypsy number, mm-hmm. where it includes a lot of flamenco style because there are like castanet type dancing in it. I think mm-hmm. there's actually castanets in the score, too. And it's this big ensemble kind of dance sequence, yeah. which is very flashy. Yeah. 
yes. And actually, in the current Met production, they have a really cool castanet kind of rhythmic bit to start that. So when the curtain rises on Act 2, it starts with just castanets, and there's this big, like, castanet dancing mm-hmm. bit before they actually start the score going. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so... Don, that happens. That happens. Don Jose arrives because after two months in the cell, he's realized that he is hot for Carmen. <laughs> yes, and as he's kind of made his way to the Las Pastias, it just so happens that another man has arrived on the scene. Who is this man? Who could he be? In these tight, tight pants. <laughs> They're always tight pants. Oh, it yes, has to be. It's true. Is that written into the score? Tight pants. Tight yes. pants. Tight pants, please. Mr. Uh, Tight Pants himself. Escamillo. Escamillo. And what does Escamillo do? Bullfighter. He's a professional bullfighter. Bullfighter. A toreador. And this is where you get the very famous toreador song. <gasps> and you all know it. Toreador. Which is basically like, I'm a toreador. Yes. Life's cool. And Literally, it is a very uh, attention-grabbing number because in between the chorus, the Toreador chorus, you have Escamillo giving this kind of solo performance where he's sort of narrating the thrill and drama of the bullfight. Right. Let's and all. It's basically like let's all toast. Yes. To me. To me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Señor, señor, para verle saltar. Y de toreros, de sabe, por pleasir, por pleasir, el sol le va. Le decir que plese jour de fete, le seguir me plédio tomar. Les spectateurs, perdant la tête, an interesting thing that again musicologists have spilled a lot of ink over mm-hmm. is the idea that Michaela and Don Jose their musical sound worlds go together they have this lyrical romantic schmaltzy right. language Escamillo and Carmen both have very like rhythmically aggressive kind of stop you in your tracks kind of music that has a kind of exotic flair to it. And they're both performers in some way. Like Escamillo is a big bullfighting mm-hmm. performer. Mm-hmm. And Carmen clearly has a flair for the dramatic. And so there's this idea that Escamillo and Carmen, their music sounds like it goes together. Micaela and Don Jose, their music sounds like it goes together. But you have this fatal attraction between Don Jose and Carmen that kind of crosses boundaries. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it's doomed love. Or lust, or whatever you want to call it. So Escamillo sees Carmen, and he says, you're hot. And Carmen sees Escamillo, and she's like, no, you're hot. So (laughs) we all know it's going to be on. And then Don Jose sort of in the corner. Don Jose kind of shows up, and he's like, remember me? (laughs) He's like, oh, hey, you, yeah. I met you here like I promised. Yes. Um, so the smugglers have been at Lila Pastias. Right. That Carmen is so associated with, this kind of band of smugglers. And 
they're moving some inventory, and she's like, I'm going to hang back and hang out with this guy, Don uh-huh. Jose. And then she treats Don Jose to a little private entertainment, one could say. Oh. A oh. dance. She's his private dancer. <laughs> dancer la, for la, money. Don't do what you want me to do. Oh, gosh. So sad. It's a Tina Turner song. Right. Oh. Anyway, yes. She'll see dances for him. Carmen's is more like this. <laughs> we, need to do, we need to do an all vocal version of oh. of Carmen. Nah. It is interesting. So just sing Carmen. <laughs> in this in this part, this long scene in particular, it is important for Carmen to the singer playing Carmen to be able to at least kind of dance like that's that is pretty integral to this character I mean she kind of has to move and dance around him right right so gotta be at least a little bit believable and in the earlier uh section with the flamenco dancing preferably she could join in that as well yes Mm -hmm. although I don't think I've ever seen a Carmen that plays the castanets on stage usually the castanets are played at least in this scene with Don Jose in yeah. the pit. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's a lot, like, to sing this aria and play castanets at the same time. Yeah. And dance around him while she sings. Yeah. Anyway, as she's doing this, a bugle call can be heard in the distance. <gasps> and Don Jose's like, is that my regiment? Am I late? I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Right. And then she's like, ignore she's like, them. Don't you want to come with us? Don't you want to come with me? It's basically like, leave the life that you knew. And join me. Be a bandit. Be a gypsy bandit. Be a gypsy yes. bandit. And of course he does, which is idiotic. And bit. But Carmen kind of mocks him too. She's like, she's like, I can't believe you like wanting to go back to this regiment after they threw you in jail for a few months. True. And then he's like, look, I love you. And I kept the flower that you threw at my feet because it reminded me of you. Right. And he sings an extremely famous aria. Yes, yes, yes. The flower song. The flower song. At the end of the act, basically he's sung this big number confessing his like undying passion and love for her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but I don't want to 
leave my regiment. And so they kind of get into a fight where she's like, how can you be such a coward? Right. Leave the life you've known. Run away with me and my bandits. And then the officers enter looking for Carmen and they find her with Don Jose. And then Don Jose, instead of like returning to his regiment or turning Carmen in, he's like, I'm going to defend her forever. He starts getting into a fight. Mm-hmm. And then essentially he has attacked his superior officer. And now he is, if he goes back to his regiment, he's going to be again disciplined and probably dishonorably discharged right. or the equivalent of. So he's like, I have no choice. I have to run away. With Carmen and the smugglers. So the act ends with, like, all of this commotion and Don Jose and Carmen, like, running off right. into the distance. Curtain. So we're in the mountains. We're in the mountains. With the bandits. With the bandits. Carmen is there, and she essentially is tired of Don Jose. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? To be fair, <laughs> he is very annoying. Yes. I'm just, I like, I am biased, and I generally love tenors. Mm-hmm. This role sucks. Like, yeah. no, who likes Don Jose other no, than Mikaela? Nobody likes Don Jose. Yes, he's it's like Mikaela and his mom. That's it. And even <laughs> yeah. then, by the by the end of the opera, even they don't like him. So true, true. So she's real bored of him, and she's basically like, "Dude, please just go back to your mother. Like, yeah. right? Leave me. Leave here. You don't belong here. I don't want to be with you. Just." Please get lost. And then he doesn't take this very well, but he's still kind of like hanging around. Mm -hmm. And then to amuse herself, Carmen starts uh, having her fortune read by some of her friends, Mercedes and Frasquita. Right. Yes. The cards. The cards. The cards scene. And what do the cards keep telling her? (gasps) Death. Death. Yes. She did. So this is her third aria in this opera. The card aria. The card aria. Pretty good. It's pretty good. I feel like it's less famous. It is, but less it's not. Famous. It doesn't have like a a bouncy tune to it. No, it you doesn't. Know? It's very ominous and foreboding. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so the women kind of go off, and as they go off um, to kind of go to their duties, and some mm-hmm. of them have to keep watch over their band of smugglers. Um, who enters this very dangerous place? Who? Toreadores. No, early. Oh, Too early. Shit. <laughs> oh, oh, it's Mikaela. There you go. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. And she sings the world's longest and most boring aria. <laughs> oh, I think it's pretty. Oh, 
she's wandered the mountains in order to find Don Jose to take him back to their village. That's right. And yes. then as they are having this discussion, right? Who enters the scene? Kyle. Kyle. Tore adores Camilla. That's right. Camilla's like, I'm a super famous man. However, I, apparently this like cave den in the mountains where they're like doing illegal <laughs> activities is very easy to find. Yeah. It's super easy to find. You just, you just follow the path. Just follow the path. Make a left out of the city um, gates. You're there. Yeah. And so... This is a great kind of confrontation between Escamillo and Don Jose, because Escamillo's essentially like, I'm here because I want Carmen. That's why I'm here. Right. And I mean, Don Jose, dude, she told you to leave. <laughs> she right. told you to leave. A rival has arrived. The, your childhood love has tried to convince you to leave. This and is an still, easy out. Go home. Still, he's like, I'm staying here because I love she her. She doesn't want you. She doesn't want him. She doesn't want you. So then. So then they fight, um, but they're interrupted because a bunch of the other smugglers have come back. And basically Escamillo is like, this is not over. Everybody, you got to come and watch me fight a bull in Seville. Yeah. And um, they're like, and wait a minute, who is this blonde over here? She's not one of us. Mikaela, who's mm-hmm. been hanging out in the corner. And... Uh, Carmen starts mocking her, and Don Jose's like, hey, don't be mean. Don't say those things to her. <laughs> hey. hey. And then Mikaela pulls, like, the top card of all cards, and she's like, Don Jose, your mother is going to die. You have to come see her before she dies. And then what does he do? He goes with her, mm. but he's like, I promise that I will return. And, and everyone's like, nobody... <laughs> nobody no, asked you to come nobody back nobody asked you to dude. come back no right. one wants you to come back no one wants you to come back stay with your mother right no one's asking <laughs> you to come back but he essentially is looking at Carmen and he's like we're not done I'm just I just gotta go do this thing but I'm coming back for you and she's <sighs> like sure whatever bye curtain curtain and while he does this saying like I'll come back for you what do you hear in the distance <laughs> Subtle it is and not. Also. Yeah. As Escamillo's like going away. Right. Nice. All right. It's like this dude wins. Don Jose, you lose. Right. A little foreshadowing. So, Act Four. We're back in Seville. We're in Seville. Mm hmm. It's bullfighting time. Bullfighting time. Everyone has come to see the bullfighter. Which I deeply, deeply do not condone, but go on. Yes. Everybody comes to see the bullfighter in his giant entourage. His giant entourage. He's very flashy. Picadors and yeah, yeah. I mean, he luchadors. Is, apparently, and... he is very famous. Yes. And everyone's excited to see this show. And Escamillo enters with Carmen and mm-hmm. it's clear that these two are now an item, mm-hmm. and they are right. both in it to win it. She's got like a fancy new dress on. He's strutting mm-hmm. in his little Toreador pants. Like they are Seville's it couple, and they sing mm-hmm. a duet all about how much they're into each other. Yeah, good for them. Yes. Then Escamillo's like, "Baby, I gotta go do a thing. Talk to me to go fight the bull." <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe I gotta go do a thing. <laughs> She's like, she's like, you go do your thing. I'm not going to watch. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm going to hang out outside the arena by myself because that seems like a great idea. Right. Just in case any sketchy people show up. Right, exactly. And then her friends, her girlfriends, Fresquita and Mercedes, they're like, girl, don't do that. You know what the card said? Right. And she's like, I'm a confident woman. I'm going to die my being who I am. Right. Then, like, go cower in a corner somewhere. Right. All right. Then, of course, she's alone, just hanging out outside the arena. And guess who shows up? Don Jose. Don yep. Jose. And he is desperate. Yeah, he doesn't look good. He doesn't look good. He's like a mess. <laughs> He's Depending on the tenor, he doesn't sound good by this point either. Oh. Hey. Oh. Harsh, Kyle. Whammy. Harsh. I'm just Shit. saying. I've she seen out. it. I've seen it. Okay. Well, it's it's hard. a hard role. It's a hard role. It's a really hard yeah, role. Yeah, it's a big thing for for any two for the two leads. So right. So Don Jose is basically on his knees just pleading and he's, he's like, like, I want you, I, Carmen, love, I love you. you. I'm obsessed with you. And she's like, like what does he think she's gonna do? Say yes and like go off and live in his village and be like his happy little wife. He knew what she was from like the beginning. And also she never tells him that she loves him. Never She never really suggests that this is anything more than a hookup. Like But honestly, and I think that it is a generational thing where most people like, older generations, and, like, back when this opera came out, like, oh, Carmen's a slut, and she was asking for it, and she got what she Ugh. deserved, and she ruined the life of a good man, etc. so forth. This man ruined his own life. No, it's fair. This man ruined his own life. It's fair. Right. So, he had plenty of opportunity to right. just, he like, projected his own do his own thing. Thoughts onto an actual human being, and not, like, a doll that he was having sex with. Anyway. Like, not like dollars. <laughs> like a ghost doll. When she actually <laughs> says to him, I don't want to be with you, please go home. He's like, no, I want you, so therefore we're going to be together. Like, dude. Okay. <laughs> this is an all too familiar thing. And gentlemen, if you are listening to this, if someone says that they're not interested in you, you can't make them love you as long as you, like, try hard enough. That's not a Just thing. Just by being persistent. Just by being persistent. <laughs> if they say no, no means no, and consent is a thing, Yes. walk away. You're not going to ever make them love you. Yes. Yeah. Don't and be a so Don Jose, people. Don't, don't be a Don Jose. Don't be Don Jose. I would say the only uh, dumb thing that Carmen does is she just like lets this conversation go on way too long. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 She, she should have like, hightailed it out of there. Yes. I'm like okay, you she said no. You stood to her up girlfriends. to him. Now move on. Now go away. Yeah. So obviously, what happens? So he's. She says to him, "I don't want to be with you," and he's like, "But I love you. I'm going to force you to be with me." And she says, "I would rather die being who I am than live a life that's fake with you." he's like funny you should say that (laughs) well almost he's like if i can't have you no one will great and then she tries to walk away and she actually like throws a ring at him that that he gave her Mm -hmm. kind of like i don't want this like buddy just get lost and then the orchestra gets real crazy there's like this tremolo climbing up and down in the bottom and she tries to walk walk away and in the current met production he like lunges at her and grabs her skirt so she can't walk any further mm-hmm. and he like pulls mm-hmm. her to the ground and he's like one more time carmen like come with me i love you and she kind of spits in his face and right. is like screw you and so what does he do what stabs does he do? Her he stabs her in the chest. Stabs yep. her in the gut. Yeah. Right. And as he Twists does the this, knife. the whole time this argument is unfolding, 
you hear the Toreador bullfight sort of happening off in the background. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. right at the moment that he stabs her, you hear the victory that Escamillo has slain the bull. Right. So then Mm -hmm. you hear... And then that's interspersed with these falling, descending lines that it's clear that Carmen is dying and she's fading. And so then Don Jose kind of has this moment where he's like, oh no, what have I done? He's holding like the dead (laughs) Carmen in his arms and he just starts wailing like, Carmen, Mm -hmm. Carmen, Carmen! And you hear the fate motive, and then you hear everything kind of climax, and then the whole thing ends on this gigantic major chord. Ayo! Ayo! <laughs> da 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 da! Carmen! Carmen! <laughs> and usually in productions, the current Met production does this, and I'm sure others have something analogous where as Don Jose is holding her, the dead Carmen in his arms, the woman he's just murdered, soldiers kind of come on stage clear that, like, he's going to be arrested because he's been found out as a murderer. Well, I mean, he did it in an extremely public place. Very public place. Yeah, I'm sure there are people. Mm -hmm. Right. And then as the music is coming to a close, the the bullfighting ring kind of turns around so that you can see Escamillo triumphant in the arena Mm -hmm. in the background with Don Jose holding the dead Carmen in the foreground. And so there's also people write about the kind of symbolism that what Escamillo is achieving, he achieves victory in the arena and like Don Jose has achieved his own kind of victory in a horrible twisted way. Yeah. With Carmen. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. In- so incredibly, incredibly tragic, but but this some great music. This opera's got tunes. It's got mm-hmm. some tunes. People and this love it. This story um, has been retold in a in a bunch of different ways. It has. Um, there was a a movie in the 1950s called Carmen Jones. Oh, that's that right. had Dorothy Dandridge and Harry Belafonte in it. Um, and the lyrics are actually by Oscar Hammerstein II, and it used the the tunes from the opera. Oh, with like an nice. English. Uh, version on top of it um and also lest we all forget the um slightly ill-fated mtv film starring beyonce called <gasps> carmen the hip-hopra i forgot what? about that one. Oh yes there's oh also gosh. there's been a lot of interesting productions of this opera generally and mm-hmm. so there was the very famous um south african production and i believe they did it like a filmed version of the opera that they called carmencita Mm-hmm. Right, um, I can't remember what year that was in, but it wasn't that long ago. And then most recently, actually this season, there have been two productions that have really caught the public eye in a big way. Um, one by Barry Kosky at the Royal Opera, and one by uh, designed by Leo or di- directed by Leo Moscato. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was done in Italy. I can't remember what theater um, or company it was done at, but uh, in both cases the staging of the ending is changed. The music remains the same, but the staging of the ending is changed so that it is not Carmen who dies, but Don Jose. 
Nice. Ooh, I like it. I haven't seen the Barry Kosky one. I've just heard about it. But um, the Leo Moscato one, I saw a clip of that moment. And actually in that one, Carmen, when they're arguing, she manages to get the pistol off of Don Jose's belt. And Mm -hmm. she actually shoots him with his own gun. Um, as he lunges at her with the knife. Has the reaction been people have liked it or are there people that are purists that are like, this is not how this opera is supposed to end? I haven't heard much criticism, like, from a purist perspective of, like, oh, you're messing with Bizet. Mm -hmm. I have heard a ton of people talking about, like, how important it is that we consider reinterpreting these endings in a way that kind of shows that the original ending perhaps did not send the best message about yes. treatment of women in society. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the Italian production deliberately changed the ending because they were doing it as part of a larger campaign to draw attention to violence against women in Italy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it was tied into a very large kind of press campaign to raise awareness about that issue. And a lot of people have talked about how um, it's important to question the traditional interpretations of these operas and the stories that they are drawn from um, in a way that makes people think about the the victimization of women and the wrong that has been done to them. Mm-hmm. And so instead of continually replaying um, this horrible treatment of women, is there ways that we can change part of the story, a part of the opera, in order to start telling a new story? So that, of course is a whole other rabbit hole of discussion because there are purists who say you should never, ever change anything. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. there are people that say that you should just stop performing traditional operas altogether and only perform new operas that tell new stories that carry better messages from the get-go. And then there's people that advocate for, like, we can reconsider as a society how we tell these stories Mm -hmm. um, while still keeping the great tunes. So... There's a lot of discussion. You can really uh, dive into it and Google it. You can find all kinds of really interesting stuff. And I think Carmen is a good opera to foster these kinds of conversations. Wow. Well, somehow we talked about Carmen and we finished on like kind of an up note. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Who knew it was possible? It is possible. It is possible. That's great. So definitely check out if your local opera company is doing a production of it. And sure they are somewhere. I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm. Statistically, you're right. the odds are in your favor. Mm-hmm. And um, if you do not have it happening near you, there's tons of great recordings and videos on YouTube. So you can, you can really go nuts. Yeah. Well, that's Carmen. That's Carmen. That's Carmen, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, as always, you can uh, find us on social media, generally Facebook and Instagram, sometimes Mm -hmm. Twitter. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can always reach us at info at operaafterdark.com. And similarly, at operaafterdark.com, you can find some tidbits and all of our episode archives. So make sure to check that out. For now, we'll say good night and good luck. I'm Naomi. (laughs) I'm Elspeth. And I'm Kyle. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Oh,
Oh! <laughs> 